Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. What an honor to be able to baptize uh, uh, four or five people last night and seven today. Just, I, it is a true honor to be able to do that and be a part of their discipleship journey of saying yes to Jesus. And I'm going to have to have Austin, you know, I just, he, he really upset me when he got my hair all wet. Uh, <laughs> I just hate it when that happens. But uh, no, in all honesty, just um, one of the things that, the privileges and honors that I get to do as a pastor is to be able to uh, baptize people on their journey of, like I said, a discipleship, because what they're doing is they're saying yes to Jesus, and uh, what they're giving a public testimony that they are dying to their way, and they're going to live to the Jesus way. So when I actually say buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life is really what's happening, and uh, demonstrating that baptism is not what saves them, but the, their heart being changed and transformed and being born again from the inside. They are now giving public testimony to the reality of what's on the inside. Amen. I was baptized as I went through my classes and got baptized as a young person, really young. And um, then, then I got saved. <laughs> and then I realized what had happened to me was um, that I went into the water a dry center, I came out a wet one. <laughs> and so uh, if you haven't yet been baptized since you really gave your heart to Jesus, that's the order. They were saved and they were baptized. And, um, and so I encourage you, no matter what age you are, um, we would love to baptize you. We'd love for you to say yes to Jesus in that public witness that he's commanded us all to do. Amen? All right, y'all ready to get into the Word? Ready for that word to get into you? Going to step on your toes, going to challenge you, it's going to encourage you, admonish you, instruct us. That's what the word of God does. It is live and active. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your love. We, we extol you. We magnify your name. We are here, God, to give uh, words and breath to our praise, to tell you how grateful we are. For, for Calvary's cross, for your love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We have so much to be thankful for. And we thank you now, Father, that we have the privilege and the honor to gather here today to study your word and to hear your word and to let your word wash over us and let your word feed us and challenge us and correct us and guide us into all truth. And we thank you, Father, now for grace, not only to hear this word, but to mix it with faith and then to act upon it so that we might bear fruit that fruit might remain, and we would so prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. I want to share an illustration with you that I had heard about years ago. There was a, a pastor in a church who, um, who went to visit a man who had, uh, who had once been active in church, who had been active in serving and giving and participating, attending, just in all ways, 
very active. But through hurt and offense and indifference and whatever else, he, he drifted away and was no longer attending. And so the pastor called him up and asked if he could come by for a visit. And so he said yes. And it was a cold winter night. And he knocked on the door and the gentleman came to the door and let him in. And uh, there were no words exchanged. There were, there were two rocking chairs in front of a fireplace uh, that was burning uh, brightly with, uh, with, with the wood. And uh, they sat there in silence. And then in a few moments, uh, the pastor got up and he went to the fireplace and he got uh, some tongs and he removed one of the logs, uh, a small ember, and he put it on the hearth of the fireplace and then he sat back down. And it was glowing brightly. And then, of course, over time, it began to dim and dim and dim. And after it had dimmed uh, pretty low, then he got up and he went and put it back into the fire. And as soon as he put it back into the fire, you all know what happened, right? It began to burn brightly once again. And again, no words were exchanged. And the pastor stood up and he, after he did this, he goes, uh, I'm going to be going now. And the man said, I'll, I'll see you on Sunday. We're talking about connections. We're talking about connections. And the enemy has worked overtime in the last three to four years of our society to uh, disconnect people, to isolate people, to quarantine people, to, uh, and, and, uh, you know, to lower the curve. All these different things were used to get people to not come together, uh, to tell people you're non-essential. It was amazing to me that alcohol and tobacco were essential workers, <laughs> but church was not essential. Spiritual matters were not essential. Do you all understand that regardless of human intentions, uh, how good or how ill they were, the enemy used it to convince people that coming together didn't matter, that it was not necessary. We've seen the effects of our children being isolated from their social interactions, the, the amount of depression, the amount of suicide rates, everything. And we're being told that Technology will keep us connected. It will in certain ways, but it will not in healthy ways. Because we are wired to come together by God. And whenever we disallow God's ways, then we open Pandora's box of evil. Whenever we say no to God's ways and yes to our ways, then we are just going down the wide path of destruction. And it's God's will for you and I to be connected. You can say amen or oh me, but it's the truth. And I understand human relationships are messy. I understand I, there are times it's like I'm done with people. I'm done with their idiosyncrasies. I'm done with their moods. I'm done with their craziness. I'm just done. Have you ever feel that way? Don't raise your hand because <laughs> they may be thinking about the person sitting next to them. And like you probably have. I'm done with you. And uh <clears throat> But God's will is that we keep saying yes to him and yes to one another. It's God's will. I'm thankful that God didn't say, I'm done with you. I'm so thankful that he didn't say, I'm done with you. Now, there comes a time when that can happen. 
when the door of the ark gets closed, when enough preaching has happened, enough, enough pleading has happened, enough warning has happened for like a hundred years, like there's a flood coming and Moses preached righteousness, or Noah did, as he was building the ark. And then no one listened and no one cared and they carried on in their violence and they carried on in their, their wayward ways and they thought he was a fool. And then the rains came and then the flood came and then they were pounding at the door to let him in, but God had already shut the door. There is a time when God says enough's enough. And that, that should put the fear of God in all of us. Like, you've got my attention now. How many of you have had that moment where God's got your attention? All right, but you know, it's not enough for him to get your attention just one time. That time may be a defining moment, but he needs to keep your attention. We as a nation of people, he can get our attention. How many know just a few months ago that millions of people were praying for a football player who had had a cardiac arrest? And even on an ESPN show, I know I'm probably not supposed to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and pray. Instead of, you know, send your vibes, send your thoughts. You know, we're all having good thoughts. Like, when is anyone going to ever just say, forget this nonsense. I want to pray to the God in heaven that I believe in. And finally, someone did. And so, it had our attention. And hopefully, it got the attention of some people, and they really did turn their life over to God. But for most, it was just for that moment. It was just for a couple of weeks, and then it faded. That's why it's so important that we stay connected because when, when you are disconnected, you will fade. And what will happen is you believe that you are a battery that will charge itself forever, and that's not the way it is. In fact, I was thinking about, uh, as I came up here, about a three-pronged extension cord. You know, the three-pronged extension cord because you got to get grounded. You need a good ground. And, and we need to be grounded in God and grounded in love and grounded in the Bible. And, and we need to be grounded in our soul. Our soul needs to be in tune with God. Our mind, our wills, our emotions that are submitted to God. Where we're dealing with our lies and we're dealing with our insecurities and we're dealing with all of the nonsense that goes on in our soul, in our mind, our will, our emotion. Coming into alignment with God, taking our feelings and our belief systems and subjecting them to the light of God and the truth of God's word. Where we're having communication one with another, iron sharpening iron, and that we're actually communicating and challenging one another with the truth of God's word. And then we're, we are physically to be connected, connected, our, our physical body surrendered to God, our appetites, our, our, our fleshly lusts, all of it. God, I need them crucified or they're going to take over. And I, I, need, I need connection. You're wired for connection. You're wired for physical touch, godly touch. And, and godly hugs and high fives and, you know, smack on the butt and say, way to go. That was a great play. You had my back on that one. Appreciate you stepping in. We kind of like, why do guys do that? Because they're wired for that way. And they do the fist bump. It, why? Because God understands that there's a connection that takes place that won't connect through any other means. And that's solid science as well as solid Bible. And God wants us connected. So let's do a little review. All that was extra. Didn't share most of that last night. So just uh, hold on, you know, for 40, 40 more minutes. And, no, not that way. Genesis 2.18. 
The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. And I know, hey, listen, all of us need times of getting alone. Jesus oftentimes got alone. He went and connected with God, and we all need that. There are times like I'm withdrawing from everyone and everything. I'm going to go get with God. I'm going to go recharge. I'm going to go talk to my Father in heaven. I'm going to commune with him. I'm going to worship him. And that's important that we do it. But to stay isolated, say, I'm done with people. I'm done with stuff. I don't really care for people. I don't really like social interaction. Blah, da, 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 da. Then I'm just going to withdraw myself. And the Bible says you're quarreling against all wise judgment. And you're going against the will of God. Psalm 68, this is the father's heart. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing. Isn't that awesome? God leads the worship team. Have you thought about that? Come on, guys. Let's sing. I'm leading you into freedom. Amen. Like, all right. Thank you, God. That's awesome. He leads forth the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in sun-scorched land. And you know, that breaks his heart. How many of you have had to just tell someone, well, have it your way? You, You won't listen to me. You won't listen to your mom. You won't listen to your coaches. You won't listen to anybody. And so, you know what? Have it your way. And that, that breaks your heart because you know that, that heartache is coming for them. But sometimes you have to do that. As a parent, you got to say, listen, I've tried, I've, I've, I've begged, I've pleaded, I've prayed, I've interceded. But you know what? You're going to have to learn this lesson on your own, apparently. And I pray to God that it doesn't ruin you forever. C.S. Lewis has said that there are going to be two types of people at the very end. Those who have said, God, thy will be done, and to those whom God says, thy will be done. Think about that. Pretty powerful. You see, we are hardwired by God for connection. And church is not just a place for me to attend, but a community to belong to. And God, I need to be connected to people who are seeking God. I need to be connected. Why? Because if I don't, I'll drift. I'll begin to only consider myself and no others. I try to stay connected to world events. Why? Because I don't want to become hardened and think the only thing that is important is a chief's victory today. I don't want to think that the only thing that matters is my paycheck. I've got to stay connected. And when the, tur- when the earthquake happened in Turkey and Syria and I began to hear the death tolls and see the, the videos, it, it broke my heart. Now, I've never been to Turkey or Syria, but I know there are believers there. And so I began, God, what do I do? Here I am in Kansas City. Here I am. What, what can I do? And I began to reach out to people who were involved in world missions and got in touch with a pastor from Saudi Arabia who was actually in, um, in that area when, when a 40-second earthquake came and how scared and afraid they were and the devastation. And so we're connected now. And I'm like, okay, I know we can't do everything. We got to do something. What is your greatest need? He goes, well, we're, we're heading in, and our people are living in tents. It's 27 degrees. There's no fuel in Syria. Uh, a lot of uh, the ambulance can't even get there because they have no fuel. I mean, it's dire. 
And we're moving in, we're taking a team, and we're going to do our part, and we're going to buy tents, and we're going to buy supplies, and we're going to try, we're going to get medicine, and we're going to just go and help those we can help. And so through your giving, we're sending right now $5,000 for, for purchase of that. To go. I mean, we can't do everything, and it's huge. It's a huge undertaking, but what if I didn't stay connected? What if we didn't care? What if we just didn't? I don't care. I don't care about Turkey. I don't care about Syria. All I care about is Congress getting their act together. And my paycheck keeps coming. See, that's why we've got to stay connected one to another. Because we all see things in a different light. And we can hear and we can be challenged by one another. Number, point number one. I'm preaching all kinds of things here. Uh, point number one. I have four points. A lot of subpoints. Those are the ones that make it go long. We... <laughs> We are God's house. This is, the, this is the truth. We are God's house. First Peter says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Why do we need to tell Christians to do that? <laughs> Why do we need to tell believers to do this? Because we're, uh, we're, we're vagabonds. We are... Uh, we're a hot mess at times because the world gets on our nerves and the stuff going on and the craziness and man, we want to get in the flesh and we want to just fix this stuff. And we need to be reminded there's a Jesus way that is higher than the way of man. So we got we to gotta put it away, get rid of it. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that you, by it you may grow up in your salvation. God doesn't want us just to grow old. He wants us to grow up in salvation. That means we're, more, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And we quit offering excuses. Now I misquoted a pastor that I heard this week at a conference in St. Louis I misquoted him last night. I quoted him as saying that uh, excuses are the language of losers. But he actually said excuses are the language of the limited. And I'm going, they both apply. <laughs> In my, I did my Philip remix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what Pastor Kurt said. He put on that little guy that's doing the remix. I did my remix of it. But the point is, is that that's what excuses are. They're nothing but a lie stuffed in the skin of reason. And any way you slice it, it comes up baloney. I'm sorry to defend you, ladies. No, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> We're to grow up. <laughs> now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Why do we grow up? Because God's good. And God's worthy of a bride. And God's worthy not of a girlfriend, not a weekend mistress, but God's worthy of a bride. He's worthy of a bride that's cleansed herself and is pure and ready. And say, you're worthy of all worthy and worthy of all honor and glory and worship, God. You're worthy of everything that I have. In fact, everything I have is just a return of what you've given me. Do you know that you really don't give God anything? Except praise. But how do you give him praise? Because of the breath that he put in you. So really all we're doing is ever returning to God. What is rightfully his. And we're to grow up in this amazing salvation and taste and seeing that he's good. Don't you believe that he's good? He, while, he, while you were yet a sinner, he died for you. That makes God good. He's good, God. And we're to grow up in him. 
And we're not to remain babies. We're not to remain carnal. But to grow in our maturity and our devotion and our sacrifice to God out of his goodness and his mercy. Not because I have to, but I get to. He saved me. He saved a wretch like me. Amazing love, how could it be that you, my God, would die for me? I, I, you owe me nothing. And if you, you will never grow up if you believe God owes you something. I'm, gonna, I'm nailing this thing to the cross. I'm going to nail your flesh to the cross. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, but <laughs> I'd like to, some of you, but <laughs> that's not my job. <laughs> but do you understand? God, he owes me nothing. I was a sinner, lost, and he came to me. He did it all for me. Grace was free. It's not earned. How can I say, oh God, you owe me? I owe him everything. And I'm to grow up in this salvation. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, that's, who, that's how God sees you. You're chosen and you're precious. So see yourself that way and you might start being nicer to others. I'm serious. You also, like living stones. Now, it doesn't say living stoned. <laughs> Missouri's got a problem now. Missouri's got a big problem by voting in. Whether you agree with it or not, you've got a lot of people going to come to work stoned. <laughs> well, I've got a medical. Man, why are you so uptight, boss? Life is too groovy for you to be all upset about this. <laughs> all right, moving. It's like, no, so like living stones are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's why what you and I are to be, we come together. We don't, we don't dismiss coming together, but er, Whenever two or three are gathered in his name, there I am in the midst of him. And as priests, we offer sacrifices to him. Acceptable to God. Fragrant aroma. Point number two, we are connected to grow, to work, and supply. In other words, God connects you for a purpose. Not just to meet all your needs. Not just so you can find a BFF. Not just so that you can go because this is what I like. No, because you have a job to do. You have something to bring. You have something to supply. Your presence matters. Showing up matters. It does something in others that maybe not even do in you. Because you're not here just for you. You're here out of commitment to God and to his word. Ephesians says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Works of service. That's why we talk about the three-pronged connection. Hey, time, talent, time, talent, and treasure. Connect to your spiritual family. Give of your time. Bring some of your talent to the table and bring some of your treasure to the table. It's a three-pronged cord. Like, get connected. Equip people for works of service because we've got a work to do. We got people to get saved and baptized. We have children to minister to. We have nations to touch and reach. We have a community that we want to experience God. Come on, there's so many things. We have things to fight against, like human trafficking. 
And together we'll do more than if we're isolated and I didn't even know about it. Didn't know such a thing was happening. And then, so what? That the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in this faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, and here's something that you need to know, if you speak to people and are not truthful, then you are not truly loving them. If you tell people, hey, you know what? Sleeping around, it's no big deal. It won't send you to hell. Only thing that send you to hell is rejecting Jesus. Then you're not being truthfully loving to them. If you tell, now seriously, you've got to understand this. That, that you, oh, hey, it's no big deal. You can minimize some of these scriptures. You are not truly loving them. But speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is ahead, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds up itself in love as each part does its work. We are to have, uh, that's the end of that scripture, <laughs> to do its work. So we got a work to do. And it, I'm going to tell you what. Relationships take work. Has anyone found that to be true? They take work. And they're messy. And they're not all clean. Not all nice. And when you step up and you agree, okay, I'm going to host a group. I'm going to host a connect group. And then, and then people show up. Like, oh, and oh, it's Wednesday again. Oh, it's Tuesday night again. Oh, gosh, I don't really want them in my home. <laughs> and some of them are not respectful None, some of them never volunteer to bring a snack, but they'll sure eat all of them. <laughs> now, I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, seriously. And that's why we grow in love, patience, kindness, forbearance, all those things. Point number three, we are to have no unemployment in the church. Retirement in church is... A no-no, like it doesn't exist. It may exist in your mind, but it doesn't exist in God's kingdom. You may have chosen it, but it wasn't an option. You got it? Here's what it says. But the end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound mind, self-controlled, and sober in prayer. The end of all things is near. So what are we to do? Don't go crazy. Don't go crazy because it's already been written. Here's what will happen in the last days, and it's happening. So quit freaking out. Get your mind controlled. Get a grip here. Go win some souls to Christ and disciple some people and yourself. Be sober in your prayer. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> like I'm being serious now. I haven't been all along, but now I am. 
And above all things, above all things, be earnest in your love among yourselves, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, employ it. There's that word, employment. It in serving one another as good managers of the grace of God in its various forms. If anyone speaks, let it be as if it were the very words of God. That's, what, that's all of us. If anyone speaks, okay? Not just the preacher, but you. Have you prayed about what you're going to say? Have you prayed about your opinion? Have you prayed about what you've been thinking about that's so crazy and off the wall? Have you really prayed about it? Have you really sought godly counsel before you opened your mouth and began to espouse it? Let any man who speaks, anyone speak as if God were speaking. That's, that's a good time to say, pray. oh, God, set a guard over my mouth, set a watch over the door of my lips that I may not sin against you. Oh, Spirit of God, bring control to this tongue and to this brain and to my spirit, man. I want you, Holy Spirit. If anyone serves, let it be as the strength which God supplies, that in all things, why? That God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I just wish I had Randy Travis here right now. Just sing it, Randy. Point number four, and this is what I'm going to go through quick, very quickly. Point number four, we are to one another, one another. Like, what? Yes, one another, one another. There are two phrases used over and over again in the New Testament, each other and one another. They speak to relationships. Here's the deal. They do not address a relationship to God or a relationship to oneself. Neither do they speak to a relationship to the universal church. They speak to interpersonal relationships within a community of believers. The teachings can be divided into four categories. One, unity. Two, hospitality. Three, devotion. And four, edification. Edify means to build up. So let's look at some of these admonitions. So I'm just going to fire through the Bible. I hope you don't get tired of the Bible. Number, John 13, 14. Now that, I, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Like, oh, pastor, you're not going to bring foot washing back, are you? Like, I've been through that in the 70s and the 80s and early 90s. We actually wash people's feet. Now, I'm here to tell you, God has given you gifts and talents in which you are, you are to serve with. You are to get your towel out, and you're going to say, you know what? I can do construction. You know what I can do? I can vacuum a floor. You know what I can do? I can, I can teach some kids in children's ministry. You know what I can do? I can greet people at the door. You know what I can do? I can usher. You know what I can do? I can, I, man, I, God's given me wisdom to get wealth, and I can, I can give a lot of money. I can connect through, through my gifts and my talents. I've got a towel here, and I'm here to serve. We were handing out popcorn last night, and guess what? Sheep make messes. And there's popcorn all over our, there's popcorn on our floor. And you know what some people did? They just got brooms. And they just started cleaning up. One little girl, one little girl. There's, uh, and so there was popcorn on the, on the rugs that we wanted clean for this morning, so... I went and got a vacuum cleaner, and then the lady came and said, you're not going to do that. And then a little girl came and said, I'm going to do this. And I thought, there we go. A job that anybody could do, a number of people, just not my job. But some said, my job. 
And they took up their towel and they washed feet by cleaning popcorn off the floor. You see, John 13 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my, what? Anyone remember this? Remember the song? What was the song? And they will know you are Christians by your love, by your love. Does anyone know it? You guys are newly saved. I got, I got birthed on that song. And then we'd go right into Kumbaya. <laughs> Sitting around a campfire. And now we believe they'll know we are Christians by our political affiliation. They'll know we are Christians by our bumper sticker. <laughs> they'll know we are Christians by what we're against. No, they're going to know you're Christians by your love. Behold how they love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Romans 12.10 Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Worship team, come on up because I, I need you up here or I'm going to keep rolling here. And uh, I don't want to have a bunch of unhappy children coming and saying, let us out of here. No, it's really the parents that are like, they're like, Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Come on, people, just try to get along. Be at peace with all men as is possible with you. It's the, it's, the, it's the house where Jesus wants to dwell. Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. I just want to do the will of God. And God says, just start loving yourself <laughs> as I love you so that you can love others. Like with the love I'm loving you with, just go do that with others. Am I so patient with you? Is he patient with you, man? Very, isn't he? Yeah. Like, have there been times you're like, God, how are you so patient? Well, like, I would have probably given up. Like, I feel that way. I say, okay, now go do that. Go do it as you're being loved with patience, with kindness. Does God ever correct you? Yeah, he does. And so be, be loving enough to bring correction to your fellow brother and sister and say, hey, I need to talk to you something. Your attitude stinks. <laughs> like it really smells bad. And the way you're disrespecting your spouse is really not appropriate. And it needs to stop. I love you too much not to speak the truth to you. You can hate me. You can get mad at me, you can defriend me, you can block me, whatever you want, but I love you enough to speak the truth to you. And that's how God speaks to me. And so I'm going to speak to you the same way because that's how he loves me. And I want to love you like I'm being loved by God. Romans 14, 13, therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. Romans 15, 7, accept one another. Then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Romans 15, 14. Are you getting this one another, one another stuff? I am myself convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, complete in knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Like, you're going, no, man. <laughs> like, okay. You have to understand the time in which it was written. But I did, I will tell you, 
I had this experience in Russia back in the 90s when I was ministering over there. And I was at this Russian wedding. And this Russian wedding, so they, were, they, they had communion and they had a common cup, but they weren't wiping the chalice. And it came to me and like, what are we going to do? Well, you have to give custom to who cups and do. If you take up any poison, it won't hurt you. So the scripture's just flowing through my mind. And so I took a drink and man, it was strong wine. Like it was, it was fermented. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I drink too much of this. We'll really be partying at this wedding. But then, then this big Russian, he was big. And the Russians eat a lot of fat. Like their, their sausage and pork is mostly fat. And this guy had been, and so his lips were real greasy. He was big. And I was watching him. He was going around and hugging and kissing men and women on the lips. It wasn't sexual in any way. It was just like, and I'm thinking, Oh, God, he's going to come. He's coming to me. He's coming to me. And I'm thinking, God, give custom to custom do. I hope he understands I'm an American. This isn't our custom. Like, Lord, somehow, someway, let him, oh, you know, bypass. Like, like, I wasn't saying kumbaya. I was saying go away, go away, you know. This is like, and, and somehow, someway, in the, in the grace of God, he passed over me. And I was like, yes, God, thank you. So I, I'm not encouraging all of you going around and cuss, but I do have a couple men, men friends that, that they hug me and they'll kiss me on the cheek. And it's like, it's, it's an affectionate term of, of just, hey, I love you. And uh, it's, it's good. But if they go to the lips, like, the block's going to come. I mean, it's, that's not happening. All right. Okay. We're going to have, we got to have some healthy boundaries here. Okay. Can I say this? All right. Uh, yeah, so let's stand because there's, I mean, there's like 15 more one another's and you can get my notes. Just email info at the rock and maybe they can put them out on the website and make them available. But you get the point, right? You get the point that you can't walk in the will of God and not one another, one another. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen if all you do is sit at home. And obviously I'm preaching to the choir because you're not all sitting at home. And your presence matters and showing up matters and giving matters and connection matters and it's God's will. Let's pray. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Philip, first things first, I need to connect with God. And that is the most important connection you'll ever make. In fact, you won't be healthy doing the one another's without connecting to God first and foremost. And you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I want to connect with God. I need to reconnect with Him. I need to surrender my life to Him, my will to Him, my mind, my soul, my body. I want to do that today. Just lift your hand. Lift your hand. Just lift it up high. There's hands going up all over this room, and that's an awesome thing because connecting with God, with your heart, soul, mind, body, and spirit. And just say to Jesus, Jesus, I give it all to you. I need you. I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me. I need to be connected with you. I need you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need to make you to make me your child. I can't do it on my own. I receive you into my heart as my Lord, as my Savior. God, I cry out to you to save me. God, I cry out to you to come in and live your life in me and through me by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, I surrender all to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give him a big hand for all of those that prayed that prayer. Yeah. There's no more joy. There's no more. There's no greater joy in heaven, the Bible says, than the person who turns to God. Like, 
a party's going on in heaven right now. Whether you're rededicating your life or you're really turning to Him for the first time, heaven is rejoicing, and we rejoice with you too. And we praise God for your decision. How many of you would be honest enough to say, Pastor, left to myself, I'm going to go my own way. I need to stay connected. I need the grace of God to get connected and to stay connected. My hand's up. I need, I need others in my life. I need others who are going to say, hey, we've missed you, and you need to get back in your place. God Almighty, help us to walk out what you're worthy of. You're worthy of a bride. You're worthy of a body, God, that loves one another, that forgives one another, that it disciples one another, that stays connected to you and your purposes in the earth. And so, God, we're praying for grace to walk this message out. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give him honor, give him glory, and give him praise.